Jason. Hi, Jason. Welcome back to Leading is Serving Podcast. Thanks, Chris. It's good to see you today. It's good to see you, too. Yeah. All uh, well? It is. Yeah. It is. Um, weather is breaking, and I am getting excited about getting outside. <laughs> yeah. Do you, should we hit pause and just take this on the yeah, road? Can you go, go outside and do this? <laughs> or, we can, or we can just import the birds chirping in the background. Oh, the there podcast. you go. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully you're dri- you know, driving down the road and enjoying some of this nice weather. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, we are really excited. The progress that is taking place with the Uncommons Network and the mastermind groups, the peer-to-peer mentoring, um, people are jumping on board and loving it. Yes. So if you're still thinking about it, kind of sitting on the edge, like, I don't know, is it for me or is it not? Give us a call. Yeah. Um, There's a a place over at uncommonsnetwork.com. You can send (coughs) us a message, um, and we would love to just talk through it. And just yeah. see if it's something that fits you. Because we don't we don't want you to be in a place that doesn't fit. For sure. And if it's not for, sure. for you, it's not for you. And, and that's it's okay. Fine, you know? yeah. And so, you know, that we want to help you find that perfect fit for you. For sure. And if this works, great. Let's do it. We'd mm. love to have you on board. Yeah. So also jump over leading is serving.com. Um, we'd love to hear from you um, for the podcast. Share this episode, share um We're share look, rating. Still looking review. for more interviews. Yeah. Too. Yeah, yeah, if you've got a leader that you're like, oh, I want to hear their story. I've heard they have an amazing story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let us know. We'd love yeah. to. We'd, we're always um, reaching out and finding those connections. Mm-hmm. So, um, today, today, we are pulling some, we're dusting something off. Yeah. We're going to pull an interview out of the archives. Well, this is the first time for that. Yeah, it is. It but is. this is one of those those interviews that we sat afterwards just working through our entire lives. <laughs> right? <laughs> because of what we heard. It was so monumental. And it, it was just amazing. Who is this we're talking This about? is Chief Jeremy Pell I remember from the White River, White River Township Fire Department Yes, and Sheriff's Office. Yep. And uh, his dog, Rosie. Rosie, I think yeah, it was. Yeah. I think it was. You know, um, just, man, what amazing. a leader. What amazing. A, what a guy. What a guy. And there is so much value in this interview that... We, we just need to play it again. Yeah. And so the, it's been about a year. So we recognize many of you are new to the podcast and maybe haven't jumped that far back. I think it was like episode 20. It was in the mid-20s, somewhere like that, mm-hmm. right? About a year ago. And so we're going to just play that interview portion. Um, so hopefully you can find some value in that today, too, because we talked about so many things that are just yes. timeless. That really. one was full of good information. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to jump over. And we're going to talk to Jeremy Pell again. Mm-hmm. Round two. Round two. <laughs> so you guys enjoy. Let us know how this hit, hits you, yeah. um, You know what you learned. And we'd love to hear yeah. from you. And uh, if you think of somebody like, oh, you need to hear this, share it with them. Yes, for sure. So, um, we're going to jump over to the interview. Y'all have a great week. And we'll see you soon. Sounds good. special guest today. We sure do. Let's chat with him. Chief Bell, thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate you taking the time and sitting down and chat with us. Absolutely. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks for inviting me. This is kind of humbling. I I don't do this very often. No? Well, we are thankful that you took the time to come and chat with us. So let's let's start. Let's give a little backstory about you. Tell us about you, where you come from, your family. Just give a little heads up about about you. Most of my family originated in Brazil, Indiana. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, what I remember of my childhood was living in Martinsville. I basically okay. grew up in Martinsville, okay. moved to the south side of Indianapolis, 
when I was in high school and graduated from Southport High School. Okay. Hmm. Yep. And pretty young, I started in the fire service. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I actually worked at the Greenwood Schwinn shop. I don't know if either of you are old enough to remember that on mm -hmm. US 31 by Dairy Queen. I'm a transplant, so I don't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably before I moved here too. So. Yeah. Loved it. Very love, cool. Love working in a bike shop. Okay. As a, that's as, cool. a, as a teenage kid. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Much better than flipping burgers or, right. you know, cleaning right. or got to work on bikes. That sounds like that's fun. Cool. Yeah. That's when cool. I was there, I had one of the guys I worked with was a volunteer firefighter here in okay. Whitehaver Township. Okay. And he said, hey, I think you would really like that. And I fell in love with it immediately. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Immediately. Yeah. That's awesome. So I've been doing this for 33 years now. Okay. Very cool. Or how, how long did you volunteer? I started at 19 years old. Okay. And back then, you couldn't get hired until you were 21. Okay. So I worked as a volunteer, got hired within a couple of years as a full-time firefighter at the city of Noblesville. Okay. But I re I've remained a volunteer, which is part of my story. I relate differently than other people do because I remember coming in and you did it because you loved it. Mm -hmm. You didn't show up at the firehouse to train because they were paying you 20 bucks an hour. Mm -hmm. You showed up for free because you loved doing it. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And I continued that. Actually, I've continued it through my whole career, whether it's volunteering mm -hmm. with my dogs mm -hmm. as a, as a search and rescue canine handler, church, um, you know, that's just what my family and I do. Mm-hmm. So you show up where you feel like you're bringing value, where you can serve, where you can, um, you know, things that you just love, that's where you show up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's no doubt. Well, I w would say that what drives me is I'm a huge Andy Stanley fan. And okay. he did a podcast uh, and it was Discovering God's Will. And he said, as the mission's clear, the options are fewer and the decisions become easier. Hmm. That's good. And my mission is one day I'm going to meet God and I want him to look at me and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Mm -hmm, so sure. if I look at what I do through that lens, mm -hmm. then everything else is going to fall into place. Right. I'm going to support the people around me and my mission in the fire department. I'm going to do everything through the lens of does it make them safer? Does it have a positive impact on their life? Does it save a life? Does it save property? So that that's just that's been what has driven the professional side as well as the personal and volunteer side of the, the Pell family. Mm -hmm. Right. My, my sisters are very similar. I have a sister that's 10 years older than me and I have a sister that's 10 years younger than me. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. And, uh, same thing. Uh, I'm married to my wonderful wife, Lori for, Oh gosh, I better get this right. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be 28 years in September. Congrats. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, we have two boys together and they're five years apart. Okay. They're, they're 21 and 16. Okay. Okay. And it seems to be the theme through our family. We don't always get it right, but right? Mm -hmm. you know, we try. We want to make a difference. Okay. So you're passing on that service, uh, showing up with that passion for the service. Your boys are doing the similar things. Yes. Yeah. What we've tried to do as parents is just lay that good foundation. Mm -hmm. um, I've got to keep it simple. I, yeah. If I keep it simple, then again, the 
rest of it will fall into place. Let let me ask you a question. That, sure. The the three things that you just talked about, Andy Stanley talked about. What when did you come upon those, and when how did that help? Prior to that, was there a lot of struggle of trying to figure out what that looked like for you, trying to figure out how to move forward to what you wanted? Oh, it was tremendously difficult. Um, I, there a, a lot of a lot of chapters in my life that I wish I never would have gone through. Yeah. I understand it better now mm-hmm. and can take those lessons and mm-hmm. turn them into something wonderful that can help somebody else. Okay. But yeah, it was really tough. I didn't pick up that lesson until I was back here at White River Fire Department as a fire chief and nearly forced to my knees, just, you know, really, really tough times and saying, God, you got to help me out here. Right? <laughs> well, yeah. why the heck am I here? And, right. you know, why would you put me here just to, uh, just to fall? Right, right. And it, just bits and pieces. Good, good mentors. That's just, awesome. Yeah. And a podcast here or there. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Reading a book. Um, mm-hmm. Going to church. is just, you know, these little, I, I wish I could give somebody the magic formula. Right, right. But I can't because it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. The closest I can come is, can't do this alone. And mm-hmm. I need, I need help doing it right. from God and people that he puts on our path right right and and that's just that's just my story that's just how i do it so mentors it sounds like mentors have been a huge thing for you and i I, i'm a huge proponent of mentors Mm -hmm. because they i just think that they help us build who we are and and the things especially when you're at your wit's end i mean you know god places people in our lives for different reasons right? right right how long have you had a mentor at least 20 years but but here's the Here's the interesting part of it is if you would have asked me 20 years ago, who is your mentor? I don't know mm-hmm. that I could tell you what a mentor was. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just the fact that there were people in my life that I could pick up the phone and call or I could walk into Chief Sanford's office mm-hmm. and say, right, I don't know what to do. And he would walk me through it. I, one of the things he told me, which was just incredibly impactful, is um, it was when I was at Warren Township Fire Department. We were merging with the Indianapolis Fire Department. Mm-hmm. And I, said, I don't know what to do. And he said, well, you know, talk to me about it. And we talked. And he said, I can't give you the answer because <laughs> only you know what the true answer is. I mean, you need to do what's best for yourself and your family and that's going to be in your heart i can give you the pros and cons Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that was mentoring right that was so much more impactful than sitting down with a a journal with another guy and say okay it's time for our mentoring session right it didn't work that way (laughs) i i don't i'm i'm struggling now on how to repay that and set that up for other people so i Mm. start by being accessible and open and you know, Brian taught me to just sit and listen and look somebody in the eye Absolutely. and set aside what you're doing. And I guess it comes back to what you originally asked is I I want to serve through my actions, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. understand the concepts, but not make it this artificial, I'm checking the box. Right. I want right. to do the things that God wants me to do. I want it to be impactful. I want I want it to be through my actions and make a difference. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Absolutely. 
So you've gone from volunteer to chief in, you said you've been in the fire for 33 years? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your role as chief right now at White River. Okay. And I want to go back a little bit to that because I think this is very important, All right. is I've hit every rank in the fire department. Yes. Oh, well. And I, that's not always the case. Right. Okay. And I think it would be very difficult to do my job as a fire chief, uh, which at its core is I, I'm serving the mm -hmm. men and women of the department mm -hmm. if I didn't understand what they went through. Right. Right. So in my role today, uh, that, that's what I do. My, my job is to serve the men and women of that department and give them every single thing they need so that when mm -hmm. a 911 call comes in, they can go out with the confidence that they can save that life. Hmm. And Absolutely. it happens much more often than people realize <laughs> in White River Township. When I started, we did about 650 runs a year. Okay. Last year, we did 4,400 runs. Holy smokes. My goodness. Yeah. yeah. And wow. how, how much, of, do you have any idea how much the population has shifted? Like as far as like how many people are in White River Township now? <laughs> yeah. I, versus I, I, then I, and now? We're redoing our website, and uh, we probably touched it five to eight years ago, and it said 26,000 people. And this last census, we're up to 52,000. Holy smokes. Wow. Yeah, I, I, you asked me, part of my job, I'm the CEO of an organization, yeah, yeah. but uh, of a servant's organization. Right. And we have a multi-million dollar budget. We have mm -hmm. 52,000 people, 26 square miles. We have seventeen or seventy-eight full-time employees, and we've got about another twenty part-time employees. Uh, you know, it, it it's a it's a big deal. It's, yeah, it is. It's, it's yeah. grown a lot. It has. Hmm. I've, and so you've been at this current this, in your current position for how long? Fourteen years. Fourteen, which years. is unusual for it's unusual for a fire chief. Really? We're not subject to the political changes in a fire protection district. Mm -hmm. like a city is. You know, a city okay. has a new mayor and they have leadership changes mm -hmm. and new right. department heads. And yeah. I fit much better into this being a, a more merit-based qualified position. I was hired through a merit process based on my education and my experience. Okay. I just, I fit a lot better in that. I don't want to be in politics. Yeah. I know yeah. I have to understand it, right. but, but the Jeremy Pell approach is what we're doing today. Right. It's relational. Yeah. If you're an elected official, you're my boss and I respect you. I'm going to give you everything you need to make a good decision to help our department grow so mm -hmm. I can give the men and women what they need right. To, right. to make the department, well, to save a life. That's the bottom line. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What I was going to tell you, you were asking about the, the, the department and how I've seen it change, you know, teeny tiny, just it, truly a volunteer fire department. I was preparing for our budget this year going into next year, and I looked, and where we used to be Little White River Township, with 52,000 people, if you just gave us the title of a city, we'd be the 17th largest city in the state of Indiana. Really? Wow. Yes. Hmm. I had not a clue. Yeah. That's part of my job. Coming back to your question yeah. hey chief what's your job i never want to lose sight my job is to serve the people in the department give them everything they need but it's also preparing budgets and yeah. talking with the community and i 
plan public safety for 52,000 people. I coordinate <laughs> with the with the sheriff's department and the Greenwood Police Department. We've started a canine SAR program. We've started an active shooter response program that was the the first in Johnson County. We brought together all the departments to participate in those programs. We have added a fire-based ambulance service with three ambulances and um, hopefully a fourth in the future so that we have 100% control of the continuity of care and 100% of the, the insurance payments go back into serving you and your family hmm, better. Wow, that's um, cool. That coordinating cool. with the district board and elected officials, that's what a fire chief does. Now, the, the you know, be a little transparent here, the conflict for, for Jeremy Pell is, <clears throat> I'd rather be in the firehouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I so desperately want the men and women of the department to know that, but I would really, I'd really much rather have my time and go out and connect with them, that leadership by walking around or even just being back on a fire truck. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't think that's where I'm intended to be right now. Right. Right. I right. think that there's a plan that is much higher than us. Right. And parts of it we know and most of it we don't. Mm-hmm. It sure feels like I'm where I'm supposed to be right now. That's awesome. Right. That's Congrats. cool. So in in that list of programs and things that you've listed, you don't just work with the fire department. You mentioned earlier before we hit record that you're also working with the police department. Tell us a little bit about um, your role there. Once you get into public safety, most people just get immersed in it. Mm-hmm. Our careers are not supposed to be our identity, but it, it's really hard when you live in the firehouse and yeah. you do this kind of work and it's so emotional. I thought I would be more effective as a fire chief if I understood the law enforcement side of it. Okay. So I applied to Johnson County Sheriff's Office. I went through their full reserve academy, which is about 175 hours, mm-hmm. and I worked the road. No, I, I work as a, a regular reserve road deputy with police powers. And I chose that route rather than having special police powers as a fire investigator. I chose the, okay. the, the route to go through reserve academy because that's what would make me more effective. Hmm. And think, about, think about the active shooter incidents we've all read about. Mm-hmm. And you know, I started learning about it. And realized, wow, none of us can respond to that alone. That's not a injured person. That's not a gunshot wound or a stabbing. This is an incident. We have to coordinate law enforcement, fire, right. EMS, 911, emergency management, reuniting families. Right, man. The only way that I can do that effectively is if I understand what the police officer needs mm-hmm. and we can do what's called unified command. We can sit in a vehicle or a command van together like the three of us are doing. Only the conversation is, Hey, where are your officers? Mm-hmm. Do they need a medic with them? Mm-hmm. Can we get into this part of the building and start getting people out? Those are the life changing decisions in white Air Force township that, I want to be as effective as I possibly can be. Wow. Wow. So tell us about the active shooter program that you initiated recently. Yeah. Here's the big change is we don't know what we don't know. And our society wasn't used to dealing that Israel was, they, they, you know, they were used to terrorist attacks and, and active killing incidents. 
We weren't until Columbine. Right. Right. And it's gotten worse since then. Right. And um, there's a really powerful picture from Columbine, and it's one of the students that put a sign up that said, um, I don't even remember what it said, need help now. Mm-hmm. And what happened was is one of those shooting victims was dying and ultimately died because we were doing things the old school way, going in and clearing room by room, and it took hours. Mm-hmm. Wow. What we do now, and we do that in this community, is we have a rescue task force approach to it where we take two police officers and two firefighter medics and we go into a warm part of the building. So the building's not secured yet, but we know that that incident is in maybe the gymnasium. So we put these police officers and these medics together and say, we're going to go in as a team front guard and rear guard, and we're going to get out as many victims as we can while the rest of those police officers keep that threat confined to the gymnasium. Gotcha. That's the game changer. So we're in there in minutes Mm -hmm. rather than hours. And then we've we've got a policy that is consistent with the sheriff's office policy and the Greenwood police and the Center Grove police. We train on a regular basis. We have individual first aid kits with tourniquets so the not the care has changed but also the response has changed and the working relationship between the agencies have changed so that we're all using the same terminology so has it been i mean i'm just curious because you've gone through a lot of training and recognizing that it'd be helpful for you to be aware of their processes right so Mm -hmm. then you went through and now you're on the backside of it have you seen the great benefit of being able to to bridge those two gaps now? Because I, I don't know how many people have done that, but I'm just curious with your original assessment of the situation and now you've done it, what, what kind of benefits do you think it's truly been that you've been able to look at it from both perspectives? The, the benefits are incredible. Really? Yeah. And this is one of those things you can't learn from a textbook. You can read it in a textbook, but you won't right. fully appreciate it. I'll give you an example. We had... Um, Someone's, I, we think he suffered a medical emergency and drove into a pond. Oh, wow. Um, it was the year before this, this winter. Mm-hmm. It was witnessed. We had a crew member in street clothes jump in and try to make a rescue. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. The sheriff's department showed up. They're the dive team. They're getting ready. I showed up because it's a coordinated response. And mm-hmm. one of the divers looked at me and said, oh, Jeremy, I'm glad to see you. Hey, will you monitor my radio traffic so that I can get my dive gear on hmm. because I've got a county unit number. I know the language, right. I know what they're look. you know, I know what yeah. they're listening for. He could focus solely on doing that, knowing that even though I'm, I'm working as a fire chief this day, right. I can switch to the law enforcement channel and say, you know, Hey, this unit is getting ready. I'll let you know when he goes in the water. Mm-hmm. I don't, you, you can't, you can't just pluck a firefighter and in a half hour teach him how to use the radio right. and that be effective. It right. has to be a coordinated response. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Now in this community, you guys, you guys will get me going and I won't, I won't be quiet. You're good. Um, You're good. In this community, we've gone even one step closer 
and you see it right in front of your eyes when you look right across the right across the the playground at the mm -hmm. school is the White River Township Fire Department has partnered with Center Grove Schools, Center Grove Police, and the Sheriff's Department to put two fire and Bargersville Fire Department mm -hmm. to put two fire stations on school campuses. Yeah. Now I want yeah. now think about that for a second. Is fire stations need to be in population centers mm -hmm. with good travel corridors. Right. Where do you put schools? Population centers with good, good travel, travel corridors. That's right. Yeah, that makes all kinds of sense. So we've put our fire headquarters in Station 53 yep. in front of Pleasant Grove yep. and yeah. Middle School North yep. and recently opened Station 254 with Bargersville Fire Department. Johnson County Sheriff's Office has an office there, yep. mm -hmm. Center Grove Police Department, and an ambulance. We've got an engine. Uh, it's a it's actually a multi-purpose ladder with pumping water, an ambulance, Sheriff's Department, and Police Department on the camp, the high school campus with right. high school, middle school, elementary school, admin building. Yeah. Now that not only improves your response mm -hmm. and has already saved a life. We we really? had a, a medical patient. We were on the scene within about 90 seconds. Wow. Transported them downtown and they walked out of surgery and or walked out of the hospital after surgery. A true 100% safe. But that model also serves as a deterrent. Because right. someone that wants to attack a school is a coward. Yeah. And they don't want to do it with a police officer, an ambulance, and a fire truck in the front Sitting yard. The front. It's right. those kind of things that just motivate me incredibly. Right. And are blatantly obvious to me that no way I'm doing this on my own. I can't pull that off. Right. right. <laughs> There's no way. Right. God is faithful and honors. <laughs> prayer, the people that, that serve him and serve others mm -hmm. and works in ways that we don't understand. I, and I'm just trying to be part of that. I'm right. just trying to yeah. have an open heart and an open mind. Right. Well, and I, I, he's definitely giving you a lot of wisdom in the process of you trying to bring this together and in your training as well and to, to bring mm -hmm. that together. It will sound to some people like ridiculousness, but I can tell you and look you in the eye that Many, many years ago, I was, I had a very difficult childhood. I, I've had a rough path. I said, God, please, please give me the wisdom that you gave Solomon. Give me the strength you gave David and gave me the, give me the peace that you gave Paul. And I don't ask for much. I just want to be able to serve the people around me and have enough to go to Walmart. And if I want to buy something, buy something. <laughs> right. <laughs> I yeah. get a kick out of buying a fishing pole or right. <laughs> something to work on the house. That's all I'm asking for, God. Right. Yeah. And sitting here talking to you and looking backwards, that's exactly what he did. Yeah. That's <laughs> he awesome. gave me wisdom. He gave me a, the ability to lead others and serve others. Mm -hmm. And my family is blessed. We yeah. we don't want for anything. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, my mind is boggled by the complexity of coordination that you guys pull off. Right. Um, you know, as a church, we've talked about security policies and some things like that. And this is just a small little building. Right. Yeah. Not, <laughs> in White River Township. I can't imagine. People. Yeah. And I can't imagine the, you know, like you're saying, all the different agencies that come together. And yeah, it's clear that God has given you the gifts, the ability to, um, to bring leadership to this. I mean, 
And so I, I have one more question for you related to your passion, um, because clearly your passion for what you do has been overly abundant in our conversation. <laughs> but I, I understand that you have an even bigger passion um, related to your dogs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, almost an obsession. <laughs> uh, any, anyone that's in public safety has to have a way to get their mind off things. Mm -hmm. um, I live and breathe this. I'm, as fire chief, I'm, I'm always on. Right. And I, I go yeah. home, I still know that phone's going to ring, that radio's going to go off, right. and I have this little, my mind is a strange place. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I have this little matrix, decision matrix. Obviously, if I'm called, I go. But right. if there's a firefighter hurt, if it, it's a church or school or a fatality, or if Chris and Jason would look around and say, where's my fire chief? My fire chief should be here. Those are the calls I go on. I right. make sure I go on those. Mm -hmm. um, so I need a way to turn off. Yeah. And that has been through my dogs. I've trained dogs for over 20 years, and it started with telling my wife, hey, I'd like to have a dog so that there's one here in the house when mm -hmm. I'm on shift 24 hours just mm -hmm. to kind of keep an eye on you. And yeah. it was a dumpster fire. I made so many mistakes, and <laughs> it worked, and I was grateful for it. But um, I would call my wife at night, and she's hate this dog. <laughs> Since then, we've kind of got it squared away. In the last 10 years, I've been I've been working with one of my mentors, Leah Snyder, and have trained search and rescue dogs. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's where we are today is we've added a canine search and rescue discipline to the White River Township Fire Department. Uh, I've done most of it on my own. Once I adopted Rosie and realized that she really had a good shot at passing the tests and becoming certified. I went to the department and I, I went to my board of directors and gave them a letter and statistics and resume and said, I would like to do this. Will you please pay for me to go to a class? Mm -hmm. cool. And they've paid for two classes. And Rosie came back as a certified land cadaver dog and a crime scene. And we just got back Sunday night from... Uh, training and certifying her as a water search dog. Oh, cool. That is cool. You said that in probably about five minutes, but I'm sure that the class and, and the time that's put into this is like a long amount of time, is it not? Oh, it, it is. I it is. Say, that doesn't sound like a simple thing. So there are different paths to it, and I'll make this brief. You can go buy a dog, mm -hmm. and it's bred to do this, mm -hmm. and it's trained, and when it's a year to year and a half old, you show up, and you go through six weeks training, so. seven, you know, five days a week, 40 right. hours a week, right. and you walk out with a certified dog. That's how police departments do it. It's between fifteen dollars and $25,000. Oh, wow. Okay. The model we do is we adopt a dog, and there are pets, and we do it in our spare time. We do it as a volunteer. Hmm. Okay. And I've taken that model and seen the potential impact it can make in White River Township. Oh, wow. So I've taken that passion. I thought it would be a shame to, lose, to, to waste that passion and not use it for the department because I was really surprised when I put together the request to take her to school. And the, the classes we've done have been between 45 and, and, and 55 hours in a five-day period. Okay. okay. You know, pretty intensive. And I looked, and in Johnson County in 2020, 2019, we had 24 calls 
where someone met, went missing in Johnson County alone in one year. Okay. Yes. And I didn't even count the drownings because my mind wasn't on that. Right. But these are people that have early stages of dementia. They wander from home or, okay. or, or just by pure chance get out of the assisted living facility. Hmm. Kids with autism spectrum. Right. And they wander away. Mm-hmm. There were 20, 24 of those calls in one year. Okay. 24 calls that we could have taken a dog and put them on that trail mm. and potentially made a difference. Absolutely. Now, many of them had very good outcomes. Mm-hmm. Some of them didn't. Mm-hmm. But a dog can go out and run a mile and a quarter trail that's anywhere from four to 16 hours old and nail it. And in 15 minutes, it's over. Right. right. Why would you not spend, literally, it's just been a couple thousand dollars because I adopted her from the pound. Somebody tied her to a tree. I did all the basic training myself. I paid for all the equipment, all the treats, hmm. all the medical care. Right. And the department's paid for the training. Right. That's awesome. Right. Now, the, and they're very supportive. That's right. good. Yeah. And the, and the trauma of the, of, of the person who's wandered off that you're saving so much trauma on their end by ending that quickly. Yes. I mean, that's just. Yes. And I'm sure you both know in your professions that we're getting smarter about our mental health. Yes. And one little detail I've learned is kids on the autism spectrum are attracted to water. Oh. And they're also afraid of authority figures mm-hmm. because it's not what they're used to. Right. Big men in uniforms. All right. So what's the traditional model? We put big men and women in uniforms with big trucks and cars mm-hmm. and all these flashing lights in an area with a child that's scared to death. Right. And we search until we run out of daylight and then we search a little longer and then we say, okay, we'll get back at it in the morning. Right. And that child wanders out when all the chaos dies down mm-hmm. and is attracted to a body of water. Um, yeah. Not the best model. Right. But it's what right. we knew. Right. Yeah. So right. what is the right model? Set up a perimeter outside of where that person wandered away. Stage at ponds. We've got plenty mm-hmm. of those around here. Yep. Low key. Put a dog on a trail. Kids love dogs. Right. Rosie's not a bite dog. <laughs> yeah. Rosie will come up with her tail wagging and lick you and look for a treat. Yeah. And that. That's where that passion carries over to mission. That's we're awesome. gonna save. We're gonna save somebody. Absolutely. Right. I don't know when. Maybe it's not even me. Maybe it's the program, and it's some young kid mm-hmm. twenty years from now that says, "I want to be a dog handler." Right. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's cool. I, I think there's a little bit of irony there, though, that uh, the way you want to unplug from all that you do is to train a dog to take back into that. (laughs) I told you my mind is a strange place. (laughs) But I mean, going back to one of the first things you said was um, where, where you see a need and your heart and your passion, God has given you gifts and talents to be there Mm -hmm. that, like you said, I just want to be able to, you know, get my fishing pole at Walmart out of this. And, you know, now you've got a dog that goes out on the water with you and, you know, is companion, friend, and coworker. Yeah. And that's yeah. just, that's awesome. It's beautiful. It's yeah. huge. So question for you, um, you know, because a lot of the listeners of this podcast 
are in nonprofits, uh-huh. you know, from churches to um, charity organizations to small businesses to you know um, large corporations running some you know different things. So um, one of the things that I kept hearing as a theme throughout everything you said was, how can I lead if I haven't walked in their shoes? Right. If I don't know what they're going through. So what? What advice would you give to leaders in whatever area of, of life they lead in, um, in terms of that, of, you know, just being present in another person's shoes? How, how would you talk to somebody about that? That is a tough, tough question. And that's my job. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. You're very good at Why, it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, countless books that have been written on this. Here's what I think the difference is. I think it's loving other people as you love yourself. Mm -hmm. If you can start there, realize nothing else in this world really matters unless, I mean, nothing really matters unless you have a a love for other people. Mm -hmm. at, at, At the end of this life, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna think about the fishing pole. I'll sure think about my dogs, but yeah. uh, but it's gonna be my wife and my kids, mm-hmm. and men like you and people in the department that I really cherished. And when I'm done, I'm gonna think. Sure, hope I did them right, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna want to meet God and have Him say, "Hey, well done, my good and faithful servant." Mm-hmm. And if I could get that part right. And I think I can get the leadership part right. And that's what I would tell the people at the nonprofits. And we get so wrapped up in the books and in the budgets and in the policies. And sometimes we do lose the forest for the trees. And it just really comes back to taking care of another human being. Mm. Hmm. That's so well broken down, too. Yeah. Um, just the smaller things in life and just recognizing what truly is important. Yeah. That's awesome. One one moment at a time, one step at a time is what I'm doing beneficial to another person. And I can get that right. I really think the rest of it yeah. fall in place for the most part. Yeah. No. I'll mess it up, but trying to come back and right. and, and recenter yeah. myself. There's some say, growth curve there, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I would call it a curve. How about a cliff? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, there are times that I very humbly had to look at my at my fire department, at my brothers and sisters, and say, I'm so very sorry. I got this wrong. Hmm. Will you please forgive me? I promise you I will do it better. Hmm. Right. And, and that's not a reflection of me. I just I, I think it gets to the heart of your question. Mm-hmm. How, how do you lead better? I make a mistake, and I want to try to make it right, and I want to serve people. I want to, I want to love people better. Right. And, and you admit it. To, I mean, you, it's, not just, it's not just making the mistake. It's admitting the mistake and then recognizing where it went wrong and then trying to fix it. Like, there's a process there. Well, I, I love to hear your heart with that because— there is leaders out there that to make mistakes and they don't admit it or they just go on fixing it. They don't take the ta- the pause of, hey, look, I'm sorry I screwed this up. I'm going to make it better. Just know that 
it is what it is. Our world teaches us that the the strength of a human being is in standing up and being right. Mm. And we fight, mm. fight, argue to be right. Yeah, right. And my deep-seated belief is that there is strength and even more strength in doing your very best and admitting that you don't know it all and understanding your weaknesses and asking somebody to help you with those weaknesses for the greater good. That is strength. It takes a strong man or woman to stand up and say, I just don't know. I just don't know what to do. God, will you please give me assist here? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, brother, don't let me mess this up. That's one of my catchphrases in the (laughs) office. (laughs) Again, they probably get sick of hearing, I'll walk into somebody's office and say, please don't let me mess this up. What do you think? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure I would do that if I was you, chief. (laughs) Thank you. That's awesome. Man, I don't even know how to respond after that. My goodness. That was... In my mind, that was gold because I, and I, I'm, I'm so thankful that we have people like you serving this community who have that mindset because that is something I think that runs at our core um, of, who, yeah. of who we are and what we're trying to do to serve the people we're serving. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, you know, the other thing that has hit me lately is that it transcends the issues we're dealing with in society. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if I can make our little corner of the world better, then again, I, you know, I've, I, I've done what I'm supposed to do, right. you know, what I'm created to mm-hmm. do. And taking that approach transcends the other issues, the political issues and the social issues and the arguments. And we all read it. We all see it on our phone and on Facebook every single day. I try not to let that be the issue. I try not to be let mm-hmm. that be the focus of my mind. It is some days. Right. I get frustrated. Right. right. This is much easier said than it is done. Right. But at the end of the day, I, you know, I don't, it, it's really not my issue of what your religion is mm-hmm. or your sexual orientation or your hobbies mm-hmm. or your career. My issue is how do I, how do I take care of you? Right. And I just, I'm so incredibly grateful that God created me to serve other people and I can do that. And it, I don't, it doesn't matter to me what the person is or mm-hmm. who they are right. or, you know, any of those social issues. Right. Right. If one of you called 911, my mission's clear. Absolutely. The options are few. The decisions are easy. We show up and we put our life on the line to protect you and no newspaper or podcast or political report is going to change that. Right. For me. Right. Right. What a life lesson we could learn from, like you're saying, this is the mission is clear of the fire department that we are, we're there to save a life. Mm-hmm. Your options are few. We either respond, we don't respond. We put our life on the line or we don't, um, you know, and so the decision's easy. Yeah. And, when we superimpose those issues in people's lives as their identity, that just, it clouds everything. It real that is a perfect really way does. of putting it. It clouds it. These yeah. are, mm-hmm. we have good people in 
Johnson County, Indiana, and United States of America. Absolutely. And at, at times we become very, very clouded. Yes. Yeah. We so lose, and, and then we lose. We can picture, you know, a cloudy day, hiking mm-hmm. in the woods, and that cloud drops down, and the rain falls, and now you don't see a mile in front of you. You see ten feet in front of you, and you're mm-hmm. clouded. And where do yeah. I go? And you try to take the right steps, right? Yeah, but they're not focused on that destination, mm-hmm. and you come off the path because. I love that metaphor because it's so cloudy. Yeah, that was good. And our identity at the root is you're a human, you're a person that we can love. Yes. And and I'm for you. And yeah. man, I absolutely love that. So as we think about the fire, our emergency services, um, how can the community best support you guys? Well, I'll tell you, I mean, for, first off is is pray for pray for our responders. Mm-hmm. Um, it might again, it might be cliche, but it's tough. Mm-hmm. And there are men and women in our department in Greenwood and Bargersville and the city of Indianapolis that you think about the incredible amount of stress that they've been on. Yeah. And then you take that stress and you know, add a pandemic to it. But but these are men and women that see children who have died mm-hmm. and yeah. families and, you know, parents, mm-hmm. people that have lost their homes. And maybe that's what, maybe that's what keeps me in focus a little bit. And I look and say, wow, that last night's news wasn't that really, wasn't that big a deal. This family is going to have to figure out where to live. Right. Um, I worry about them. I worry mm-hmm. about their mental, physical, and <clears throat> emotional stress. I listened to uh, a podcast recently, and and the uh, the the presenter was Craig Groeschel, and he said, "We're not tired. We're fatigued. We're not. You know, we're not burnt out. We're just. We're just. We're fatigued." It's mm-hmm. just call after call after call. So yeah. I think that's the first, I think prayer and and spiritual and emotional support Absolutely. is the first great step. And it is always uplifting to our fire department when we know that people care and appreciate. Well, typically, you get the complaints. That's the yeah. one that picks up the phone. Yeah, right. New Hope has been really good about just sending a card. We've actually had several churches that have sent a card and said, we're mm-hmm. praying for you, or a note, or right. cookies, and just to say, hey, we appreciate what you do. So that's that's a good next step. Mm-hmm. And then I, I would say in my, my fire chief role, <laughs> we are grossly behind a community that has 52,000 people in it. We still have part-time firefighters. Mm-hmm. We have the same 17 firefighters on duty each day that we had 20 years ago. Oh, well. Yeah. Hmm. So it, just a little bit of understanding and the support in trying to grow the department to keep up with a community that has an interstate, half a dozen assisted living facilities. I don't know what we're up to, 10, 12 schools, yeah. mega churches. 
And some of the fastest growing communities in Indiana. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So succinctly, prayer. Yeah. Love and support. Appreciate you know, For the stress and of what mm-hmm. we do and mm-hmm. just knowing we appreciate it. And then the support out in the community when the men and women of the department say, we need this, we need this tool, or we need some more people. That would, I mean, that would be a dream come true for me. Right. That's awesome. But regardless of what happens, myself, but more importantly, the men and women of the White River Township Fire Department, and I can speak for the men and women of the Sheriff's Department and Center Grove Police and all the ones that I serve beside are here for you. Yeah. You pick up the phone. What a, what a magical thing. Mm-hmm. You pick up the phone and call and no excuses. People we show up. up. Right. And we care for you. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so true. How would um, somebody wants to show appreciation to the firehouse or, you know, something like that. How would they contact you guys? How would they catch up with you? All our contact information is on the website. Okay. Which is? You go, um, it's www.wrtfd.org. All right. And you can call the office and you're going to get, one of the things that I have, I'm really happy about with this department is we're high speed and progressive. We're still your, we're still your fire department. Right. You can literally, uh, anybody out there listening to this podcast could literally show up at any of our fire stations today say, hey, my kids would like to see a fire truck, and I guarantee you, you will be welcomed with open <laughs> arms. So you can call Danielle or Tammy and say, hey, we heard Chief Pell's podcast. Can we come see the firehouse? Or we would like to bring a note by. How would we do that? And they'll, their response will be, we will be glad to help you with that. And you'll bring it by the office, and then it'll go from there. We'd coordinate getting it to another fire station mm-hmm. or getting it to one of the officers that would drive it around and say, hey, look, somebody brought us cookies. I apologize to whatever church did this, but they asked, it may have been New Hope, asked for our roster and then wrote note cards to every single member and just said, hey, we're praying for you. And I still have that one sitting on my desk. That's that was cool. that was That was a neat thing. That's cool. Cool. That's cool. Well, Chief Pell, well, thank you. Thank yes, you. Thank you for thank you. showing up. And thank you for your passion. Thank you for your service. Yeah. Well, thanks for, thanks for doing this. And I, you know, we're all, we're all blessed, aren't we? We're all fortunate. Absolutely. Yeah, for, for, Absolutely. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's great knowing that, like you said, you pick up the phone and there's nothing that we have to do to convince you guys to be, to have our back, right, that yeah. you've got it before we even pick up that phone. Yeah. And thank that's you. A, that's 100% true. And yeah. thank you for what you do. It is incredible to think what this world would be like if each one of us didn't try to make our little corner of the world nicer. Right. 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 So you're part of that story. Yeah. Thanks. Well, and I would assume, I would hope, <laughs> most of the guys at the house will have made it this far through the podcast at some point, right? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. And so, guys, gals, we just want to say thank you to yes, you, thank you for all you do and uh, for supporting this man on the other side of the mic. Um, and you guys are amazing in our community, and we are grateful for you. That so. is for sure. So, Chief Bell, thank you again. Yep. Thank you. And uh, give, give Rosie a treat for us. Okay, I will. <laughs>